just to pray because I don't want you to miss this. I know it's Father's Day, but you, it takes... I, I believe that the message I want to preach to you will change your life. It's, and um, I thought I was a father when I had Christine, and it's taken me 40 years to realize what a father is. <laughs> um, and um, then just realizing when we're going to talk about fatherhood, you cannot talk about fatherhood without talking about Jesus. And you cannot talk about Jesus without talking about the Father. I'm just going to pray now for a spirit of revelation to come upon you, because if you get this, it will change everything. It will change your family. I, I, I guarantee you this, if you understand if you let the Holy Spirit work in you, whether you're a man, woman, child, it's going to change you. So, Father, we ask right now for the spirit of revelation to come upon us. That, Father God, we're just asking for the presence of God. Father, right now we take every thought captive. Father, we take every idea captive. Father, we take every definition captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. So, Father, right now speak to us in Jesus' name. And everybody said. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Well, it's great Father's Day. I love Father's Day. And now, I want to talk to the men, but you cannot talk to a man without talking to the woman. Okay? There's a, you know, sometimes, because, well, I'll get there. I've got, I actually got so much that I want to share with you. But let me just give you some foundations so that you understand where I'm going. The first foundation is this. If you know, if you want to know what we lost in the garden, you need to know what Jesus brought. So if you want to know what was lost or what I don't understand is what Jesus brings. So when you start to see the life and the teachings of Jesus, he is teaching us what we lost. Correct? Let's try that again. We're good? See, the thing is what is like this. Most people, if you don't know what you've lost, somebody gives it to you, you go, oh. If you don't know you have an inheritance, you can't take it, correct? So when you see the life of Jesus, he's talking to every single person. We'll show you that in a moment. And he says, what I am bringing is what you have lost. Second is this. Now, uh, before I became... Before I, became a pastor and I, and I did what I'm doing now, I used to design machinery. And one thing that you realize about design is you never talk to the machine to tell you what it is, you talk to the one that designed it. So you never go to a car and go, hey, who are you, what are you? When you want to know the function and the purpose of a thing, you go back to the maker. So the problem we have is when you ask somebody, who are you? If you don't know, you get the wrong answer. You get this. Now watch this. There's a man called Gideon. He's in Judges. And God comes to him and he says, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. And he goes, excuse me, you've got the wrong country. You've got the wrong state. You've got the wrong postcode. You've got the wrong street. I am the least in my family. My family is the least in the community, and we are the poorest in the nation. He didn't know who he was. So some of the problems we have 
is that we have let somebody else define us and then we tell them that. So you never ask a man or a woman, who are you? You ask the one who created them, says, what is your purpose? The problem we have in marriages is that we marry somebody and we don't know how they're supposed to function. Let let me help you with this. What is the difference between a need and a want? Okay, my car doesn't need to be washed. It wants to be washed. It needs petrol, correct? Petrol is not a want. And here we are, if we don't know the person next to us, we don't know what they want, and they're talking. How many of you ever have received a present that the other person likes, but you don't? So I buy, if I, see, if I would buy Sylvia a pen, the one, you know, and then she looks at it, she knows, she goes, that's the one you really wanted, you're using my birthday as an excuse, man. <laughs> so when you want to know who you are, don't ask your wife, don't ask your husband, teach, go to God. So God says, I designed you, so I know how you function. I know what you need. I also know what you want. So when we start to think like that, is we now start on fatherhood. Now, listen to this. Fatherhood, the greatest honor men, now listen to me carefully, have is that God gives you his own title. Now, women, just take a breath. I'll show you in a minute. The problem we have, now, let me just show you something else. When a fallen idea tries to identify the eternity of God, always gets it wrong. So at the definitions we have for a man, the definitions we have for a woman, the definitions we have for a sex, comes from a fallen nature, not God's nature. So when you want to know who you are, God says, listen to me, and he gives us his own title. Listen to this. For in 1 Corinthians 8, 6, out of the voice translation, for us, there is one God, the Father who is the ultimate source of all things and the goal of our lives. And there is one Lord Jesus, the anointed, the liberating King. All things were created Created and by him are redeemed. See, watch this. It says, and God calls himself a father. Now, I want you to show you the potential of fatherhood. God created one man. One. And out of the one came a woman. The next thing is we have eight, over eight, billion people on the globe that came from one. So what was in Adam was so big that you can go eight billion. So now I just want you to think about this, men, women. The seed that is in you, how big is it then? You went up to you, saw one man and God says, in you, there are over 8 billion and counting that I have put in you. Wow. 
everybody say, wow. So inside of you, everybody sees one, but God sees billions. Now watch this. When God wanted to create, in Genesis 1, 26 and 27, this, and God said, let us, plural, make man in our image, according to our likeness. Now, I want you to notice this. God doesn't start with talking to the creation. He tells the creation what it is. So there isn't a committee meeting. There isn't a redemption of something that was fallen. It's brand new. And, it's, and God says, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And God created man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Now, I want to give you a deep foundation. This is what the world's missing. Is God created one, but in the one were two. They were both equal, but had different functions. When you don't understand it, you see, in my insecurity when I got married, I fought against a woman. She was a Viking, so she, she knew how to fight. And I was intimidated because she knew more than me. She, she had more eloquent prayers than me. You know, I pray for a meal. Thank you, Jesus, for this food. When Sula prays for a meal, she prays for the whole world. Um, so, I, see, I never understood what I married. I never understood her function. And by not understanding her function, I was limiting me and my family, my ministry, my life, everything. So God says you are equal, but you cannot, but the different functions. And it's, put it this way, for a man and a woman to function according to God, they have to be one. That means there has to be no competition. So God created Adam. In Adam, he created, there, there was a woman. Now watch this. So we understand the order. Let me give you a definition of a father. The father is the source the sustainer, the protector, the nourisher, and provides identity for that which he produces. May I read that to you again? I didn't put it up there because you are God's. You got, my church has photographic memories. Did somebody tell me a lie? No, wait, come on, watch this. A, a father is the source that sustains, protects, nourishes, Provides the density for which he, uh, he produces. So watch, this is fatherhood. What I produce, I have to sustain. What I sustain, I have to protect. What I protect, I need to teach. What I teach, I need to give opportunity for them to be like me. So to be a father means that you take on the responsibility to be the resource. Have you ever thought of this, that Jesus is talking about marriage? And you know the comment that was made after he talked about marriage? It's better to be single. Have you, okay, you can look it up. Jesus starts talking about marriage. See, when you marry somebody, 
you father them. Let me just show you this. When Jesus came, he preached a message. He did this. For the, repent, for the kingdom of God has come. Correct? You've, this is Father's Day. You're supposed to get excited. So watch this. The first thing that Adam lost was the kingdom. He didn't lose heaven. He lost his kingdom. And he says, repent, change the way you think, and I'm going to give you the kingdom. The second thing, and in the kingdom, so a kingdom has a king, correct? And a king has a domain. And see, the problem we have is we live in a democracy. Democracy says we all have a vote. In the kingdom, no one gets a vote except one person, his name is king. And in the kingdom... You never own anything. Even if you look at the constitution of um, England, the queen still has the power to take property without giving you anything. Now, watch this. So he starts talking that, and next thing he does, he starts talking about fatherhood. Watch this. When Adam sinned, he lost his relationship of being fathered. When Adam sinned, he lost the source, and now he didn't, he could not be resourced. So now he had to find another source of living, another source of education. Listen to this a resource is assets that can be drawn in, drawn on in order to function effectively. So when Adam sinned, he lost the resource that made him function like he was created for. So what we see now, I've got about four and a half hours of teaching here. So I hope you're not hungry. Okay, I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to text all your friends that you're going to be out. Now watch this. In Genesis, it starts with God. God speaks. God creates, and he starts to create order. And then last of all, he creates man, but one. Now, watch this. So, he cre so we have this divine order where God creates. So number one, he starts with the source. So what was this? Whatever God creates, for it to function the way it was designed, it has to be resourced by the main source. So, let me just give you something here. My first adaption to this was when I became a sales engineer. So part of my job was that I would to go out and knock on doors talk to engineers and just say, this is what we are capable of doing. And if you would allow me, I will design, I will do that. So that was my thing. But for me to get to the door, what my company did, they said, we are going to give you a car. We are going to give you an office. We are going to give you 70 to 80 workers. We will give you money. We will do this. So when you front up and you say, my name is Ted, they couldn't spell Fabianic, so they was, my name was Ted. Fab. Right? So, the, and I said, when Ted Fab knocks on your door, I am resourced with a multi million dollar company. 
For me to be able to do my job description, I needed everything to be behind me, okay? So God says, I created you with a divine purpose. So God then creates man. The second thing he does, now watch this, he takes man and he puts it in a garden, a finished work that needs to be extended. So God doesn't say, hey, listen to me. Go out there. This is an absolute mess. Fix it. Fix it. Just use your creativity. You know what God says to him? I created a garden and I've given it a name. I'll get there. So what happens is this. Before the woman comes on the scene, the man is working. Ladies, 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 ladies. Before you let anybody ask you a question, like, will you marry me? Ask him this question. Are you working? Do you need me to fulfill your goals? Are you going to set me dry so that you can be successful? If they're not working, if they need you to be successful, this is what you do. Hi. There's an app called Dating. <laughs> I want you to see, this is a man's priority. His first thing was to work. And where was he working? He was working in the garden. Before we get, let me, you good? So if you, nothing frustrates a woman more than a man that doesn't work. Sits on the couch and he goes, hey dear, where's the remote? Cup of coffee, Uber Eats. You're very quiet on me. The function, God says, I functioned you to reproduce. And then he put him in the garden. Now, I want you to watch this. Is that God starts off with one and we get eight billion. So God says this, unless you go, unless you do it my way, what is in you will stay in you. I heard this comment. What's the richest plot of ground in the whole earth. Uh, okay, let's talk about land. New York's quite expensive. Melbourne's expensive. Sydney's expensive. Singapore. You buy a house by square inch now. Right? Do you know what the most expensive plot of land is? It's, it's in the graveside. It is that men... And women have went to be with the Lord and still have in them that what was supposed to be produced on earth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, okay, now, now watch this. So he puts him to work in the garden. So in other words, watch this, is that he puts Adam. Now what's Adam? Now we mentioned before that you... Start with one, and then everything comes from the one. So God starts with one, and now there's eight billion. So when God created Adam, he's saying, this is the foundation. I am going to build eight billion people, plus the buildings, plus the planes, plus the computers, plus everything is coming down on one single foundation. So within Adam is eight billion people. Let's go back a little bit further. 
the 8 billion people came from God. So what was in God was imparted into man, and now we're seeing what happened. So Adam is the foundation. Men, you're the foundation. Now, let's take it a little bit further. Um, I've looked through all my photos. I've got, I don't know, about 2,000 photos on my phone and that. And everywhere we go, I take pictures of buildings. I love buildings and doors. And out of 2,000 pictures, I have about 10 pictures of one thing, foundations. How many of you, when you look at this building, ever think about how far the foundations go? And you know what's interesting about foundations? Um, It's going to be funny, but it's true, okay? When you look at a foundation, if you have a wall that breaks, it's repairable. If the roof leaks, we don't condemn the house, correct? You know, if, if the electricity stops, you don't bulldoze the house. But the moment the foundation cracks... It's condemned. So here's the, here's the issue. When the foundation is faulty, it doesn't matter what you put on top of it, it will never be any good. Women, can I, say, can I talk to you as a man? That's one, of your, that's one of your biggest frustrations. You keep building these amazing things, but you're building it on a man that has no foundation. That, look, it, it doesn't matter how good the building is. If the foundations are bad, it's going to fall. Even Jesus is said, he says, two people build a house, storms come, one falls. The reason it fell, it wasn't fell because the doors weren't right. It wasn't, it didn't, it had the best fixtures, but it was the foundation. See, the men, the way we frustrate our families, our wives, our communities, is they're building on something that is crumbling. I'm actually thinking of putting this when you start marrying people. Instead of going all of the stuff, oh, da, 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 what's your foundation like? Because it doesn't matter. You, 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 you see it everywhere. You're building assets in a company, but the foundations are wrong. You wake up in the morning and you see another bank fell, correct? What was the problem? The foundation, not your money. So when God created Adam, he says, Adam, now listen to me carefully that you're the foundation that we're going to build on. And you start off without having the woman. You start off working. Now watch this. He puts him in a garden. And what's the name of the garden? Now watch this. The word Eden comes from three Hebrew letters. The first letter is Ayan, which means to see, to know, to experience, and also means the eye. The second letter is Delet. It means pathway, door, and doorway. Third letter is nun, activity, life, fish. You know what, we, we, what man needs? The picture translation of Eden is this. Eden is a place where you would open the door and enter the pathway that leads to life. So the first thing, a man needs is to be in the presence of God. You good? Every book you have in relationship that says men need sex. Sex without God is, is not, don't worry about it. 
Men, listen to me, men, your design, your first port of call is if you want to be a man, you want to be a father, you need the presence of God. See, all this time that we're, we're talking about feeling needs, feeling needs, feeling needs, and God says to him, I created you, I made you, and your function functions in my presence. So men and dads, you don't need more money. You don't need more sex. You don't need more stuff. What you need is the presence of God. That's why the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things will come to you. So he puts in, the, 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 this, it's, when I first saw this, and I'm thinking, wow. And then, I want you to notice that he's working. But it's not man that goes to God, excuse Jesus, I'm a lonely. I have no one to cook for me. I come home in the department, she's not vacuumed. He doesn't go to God and says, God, I am lonely, I'm this. He is whole without having a physical person next to him. Everybody go. Does, does then man need a woman? Now watch this. For a man to function the way God designed him, he needs the presence of God. And in that presence of God, God says, it is not good for a man to be alone. Adam didn't say that. Adam was content. Adam wasn't going around, silly giraffe. Oh, there's two giraffes. Oh, silly horse. Oh, there's two horses. Then looks and how come there's only one of me? In, so what God did to Adam, he says, I need you to have one source. That is why men, we don't use women as a resource. Can, can I be dad? Look at the sex industry. You, you look at all these stuff that are trying to resource man. When God says this, you will never, ever be content unless you are sold out to me. You will never find what you're looking for without being connected to me. You good? Now watch this. Everybody say, gets, some of you women are going, yay. Now watch this. So when God says to him, it's not good, and he goes, now what I put in you, I will take out of you. Without the presence of God, whatever God put in you, whatever dreams you've got, whatever things you want, can only come out when God pulls them out, not when you pull them out. So the dreams that you have are dependent upon the source to resource it. Now, th th this, this is where it gets really good. Everybody say really good. Come on, say really good. Now, so what does he do? He says, Adam, I'm going to do that. I'm going to put you to sleep. What sleep? Rest. He goes, what, I, what you produce in the presence of God comes out of rest, not out of activity. So he takes Adam, puts him to sleep. Now, watch this. Uh, can, can, can we be open? 
Okay, did God turn Adam over and took something out of his back? Okay, how many of you know this phrase? Behind every great man is a... That, that's trash. That is absolute trash. I'll show you why. Because you know what? People think you know, women should be seen and not heard. That you exist to make us look good. The problem with that kind of thinking is the source. Now watch this. He took Eve and put her in front of him. Remember? He's the foundation, correct? When you, um, <laughs> how many of you, when you, when you build a house, you put the foundation on top and you, then you put, put the building underneath? Can you imagine, right? Somebody says, oh, hey, Pastor Ted, here's your new house. Uh, you just spend five, $5 million on it and you get there and it's a slab. And I go, well, where's the house? It's underneath. And I goes, you didn't tell us to go up. You, told, you left it to us. And it's easier to build down than up. So watch this. Because man is the foundation that everything is built on. Correct? You start with one, you get eight billion. So when the woman comes out, she comes out and she builds on the man. So therefore... The man becomes responsible for the source to go through him and to resource his wife. Let me tell you, if you don't understand that, I've said it. Okay, I'm going to, this is, I'm going to think I'm a Catholic now. I'm in the confessional box. Dear Jesus, um, you know, my wife doesn't recognize me. I go to work and she doesn't say thank you. She never fills up petrol. Uh, I've got to fill up petrol. You know, no one recognizes me. What about me? How come no one pats me on the back? You know what that is? That is that I'm, I forgot that I am a foundation. Listen, men, we go to work, we don't complain. We pay the bills, we don't complain. Right? We get up early and we go to bed late, don't complain. Come on. You're the foundation. I used to try to do this with my kids. Do you know what it cost me to put you through private school? Do you know how much sacrifice you and your mother made for you? Do you know what? We're building downward, not upward. So being a man... Being a father means we can't complain because everything is built upon us. See, a woman is not meant to be the foundation. She's meant to build on the foundation. And the reason they're not building is because men like me haven't given the right foundation. You good? So now watch this. There are, there are billions of males, but there are a few men. There are a few men, but even fewer fathers. You good? Can we take this up another level? 
Jesus came back and he says, I want to reconnect you to the Father. So guess what? We, th- you know, is in thing, when I realized that Sylvie needs to be fathered. Her greatest need in her life is not me. Her greatest need is to be fathered. And guess what? As the man, I have to have a role that I am fathering the woman that I married. Watch this. Let's go back again. A father is the source that sustains, protects, nourishes, provides identity for that which he produces. So when I invited Sulve into my life, I am acting as Father God. Excuse me. Think, think about this. But the, 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 it gets more positive, right? So if you want to be the foundation and you want to grow, the first thing, men, <clears throat> we don't more, no more complaining. No more complaining. Everybody say, I. Women, you don't have to do this. You're, you, you're allowed to complain because you're going, look, I keep building it and you keep falling it down. Get over it. Now. So to me, because what God says this, this is, this is the nature. God says, whatever I father, I will resource. So in this teaching, you're also getting this. This is what we expect from God. God never birthed you and he said, hey, now you're up to your own resources. See, to be a man, the Bible says this, I hate when a man covers his wife with violence. The wife should be covered like the father covers his children. Uh, Can I be really blunt, honest with you? I I was in a situation on the weekend, uh, sorry, on the thing, and this this lady that's gone through a really messy divorce, uh, I, I mean, totally messy, she starts bawling, and she says to me, he goes, yeah, but you know what, I should have gone back. All, all this stuff, and I said this to her. I really felt the Holy Spirit come upon me, and I said to you this, that this divorce isn't about you. The moment the man hit you, he signed his divorce papers. The moment he stopped fathering you, protecting you, verbally, sexually, in any way, he has resolved that this is not who, I will not resource you. In other words, I'm breaking away from what I birthed. You good? See, this is the heaviness. See, if we don't understand this in the natural, how do we understand this in the spiritual? That is why when people say, oh, God did this to me. No, no, no. God doesn't cover us with violence. He covers us with mercy. So when we, when we start to do this, and then, uh, so when, ooh, ooh, I'm just looking at the time, and um, I, I want to go home and eat. <laughs> but see, fatherhood comes to manhood. And God says, when you understand that you want to be a foundation, I will, the resources will start to flow. Men, the moment you decide that you want to be the resource in your family, You'll see stuff coming up. You'll see finance coming up. You'll see opportunities coming up. For God says, whatever I birth, I'll resource. But the moment we don't want to be foundations, we stop the resource. I know this is heavy. 
I, I'm, actually, I'm trying not to make it heavy. I'm, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I need a joke, Jesus. Uh, but you see, was this, when I realized this, is that the moment, and I looked through my life, how many times I complain. And now I'm realizing, Ted, you missed it. And he goes like this, I want you to see that you, uh, like, see, every, every day, I, you know who I'm responsible for? I'm responsible for all of you. But you know what? I'm responsible to Sule. I am responsible to make her great. Then I take it another level. I'm responsible for Christine, Nathan, Ava, Helena, Jude, and Florence. Bang. I'm responsible for Jesse and Tamara. I'm responsible for Stephanie and Troy. Because <gasps> God's called me to father them. Just because not, they have left my home doesn't mean I stop fathering them. Isn't it amazing that Australia once was a colony? Even though the queen didn't live there, she took responsibility for it. And, and all of a sudden, but the mo I can feel the pressure of that. I can feel, oh God, this. But the moment I go, God, for me to function, I have to think like our foundation. And then you will give me the resource for survey. You will give me the resource for my kids. You see, the moment we as men take up our God-given destiny, God says, I will resource you. And, I, let, let, and, I, and I'm going to close on this. Jesus even said it like this. The first Adam sinned. Can I take this one step deeper? I want you to show men the function that is on a man and when you understand it. Eve was in the garden. When God told Adam what he wanted, Eve was in him. So he gave the teaching part to whatever comes out of him to him. Correct? So Eve is by the tree. She starts talking to the devil. Nothing happens. She is in communication. Nothing happens. She picks the fruit. Nothing happens. She takes a bite. Nothing happens. She digests it. Nothing happens. But the moment she takes that and gives it to the foundation, that's when the fall came. Because God said, Adam, the first Adam sinned. And when Jesus came, it was only him. So men, can, I, can we be honest? Can, can, oh, you have to be, anyway. Why is the world after us? Why is all the movies after us? Why is it that we're advertising a car with a woman? Come on. You see all these billboards? They're not for the women, they're to you. Because Satan goes, he knows this. See, Satan understands this principle. And he goes, if I can take out the foundation, doesn't matter what the woman does, it will fall. I don't have to destroy the house. I just destroy the foundation of the house. And whatever the family builds, whatever the family constructs, the storms will come, it will fall. So what is after is us because we're the foundation. We'll talk, we'll talk about women afterwards, all right? But see, once you, once you see that, I no longer 
see myself as a bloke that got married. I see myself as a foundation to build on. And you know, like what Lewis is saying, my kids are going to do more than I have ever, ever done. And you know what? what I, 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 used to, I never used to like that. I, I, I used to go, no, God, I want to do, I want them to look up to me. And God says, no, but see, that's what it is. Adam started with one. Now there's eight billion. So God says this. You start to produce. You start to produce. That's why you come to church every day, so that you've got something in you, so that you can give out of you. You know, I'm, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for all the men again, and I want to also pray for the women, that we understand our roles. It's not about who does what. It understands is how do I function, and how do I produce what God has. And, and, and I believe we are in an absolutely critical time in our church and in our, in our, in, in globally. Is that I'm, This is what we're going to pray. If you want to know who you are, ask the source. If you want to know what you're supposed to do, ask the source. And then this is what you do, is you want to cut the resources. Husbands, if I may, find some time and ask, hey, honey, I'm really sorry that I've used you as a resource. For You good? You good? We just go, hey, I forgot. I forgot that God is my source, and I put the pressure on you. So instead of putting the pressure on you, I'm going to go, hey, that's how we're going to have healthy families. That, that, that is how. That is why in, in, in a marriage, that's how you can go up, not down. If the foundation is strong, you can go higher and higher and higher and higher. And you know what? The, everything is built upon us. So men, we've got to get used to having no recognition. You've got to get used to, no one's going to say thank you to me. You know, I, I get, you know, my boss never said thank you to me. Oh, my boss, get over it. Oh, my kids don't want me. Get over it. You want to be the strong foundation, and the strongest foundation is Jesus. And, and if you're here today, and if you're listening to me on, on podcasts and the shakiest foundation in the world is the one that you build yourself. The shakiest foundation is when you accumulate from the fallen rubble and build a foundation on fallen rubble. It just doesn't go. Because you see, one of the things about foundation is this, man. But that's pretty hard, Ted. You're asking us to do what churns my nature. But in the olden days, and, I'll, and, I, and um, if we can, worship team can come up, please. See, before there was concrete, they used to use stones. And um, the way they used to do the stones is that they used to kind of rank into each other. So you'd get a stone and it was chiseled, and then they would put it, it was like Lego. And so when they would do the foundations, because they didn't have concrete, they didn't have mortar, is it was held together. But there was a special stone that had every foundation. It's called the chief cornerstone. And what would happen is you would build all your foundation, interlocking, interlocking, but there was one stone that made it all solid. And that stone 
had to be crafted. That stone, you just couldn't pick any stone. It had to be crafted. And they would take this chief cornerstone, and they would put it, and that held the foundation together. So what's this? You might, you might say, Ted, that's a very high demand. Yes, it is. But you know why it's a high demand? Because God wants to tell you that you can't do this on your own. You've got to go back to the source. When you get to the point where you go, I can't do this. I can't father my wife. I, I, can't, I can't do what. I can't. I can't. God says, it's, it's good. Because you need to take yourself out of the cornerstone that keeps things together. And you put Jesus in. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. And if you don't know him, he says, come unto me. All you who are heavy and burdened, I will give you rest. So you don't have to wake up every morning thinking, how am I going to do this? I just go, God, you resource, you source, you resource me so that I can do what I'm supposed to do. Your, your, your kids will change. Your wife will change. Your relationship will change. It's because some people around you can build on you. They can build on your word. Father, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I, I want to thank you that you're, you're our father. You're not a father by title, but you're father by function. That father... You're here to resource us. God, it started with you. And Father, you've given men an honor to call us fathers. So Father, right now, we come to you and we say we need you. Father, we can't do this without the chief cornerstone. Father, we can't do what we're supposed to. And Father, we need to go back to Eden. We need to go back into the house of God. We need to go back in the presence. Because God, in your presence, you'll take out what's in us and bring it out. So, so men, it, it, all of us here today, what God has put in you to function and to bless is taken out by the Holy Spirit. So it's in the presence of God that, it all come, that the, the things that He's put inside of you will come out. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, why don't you just all remain seated, but just lift up your hands. Father, you're our source. Father, you're our source. Father, we ask, we repent from getting our resources from things, but not you. Father, I just pray for every single person here today.